Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters were sleeping on Pine Town, North Carolina's own Bam Adebayo. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the, ra- the relaxation that you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all my listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBD. MD. What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is going to be a fun one. Maybe it wasn't supposed to be a fun one. I didn't think it was going to be a fun one, but it's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about Damian Lillard's magic, a 50-point, just full-on hero fireworks show against the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday night. Talk about CJ McCollum's return, what it meant for the rotation, what it will mean for the rotation going forward, how he looked, all that. And then I want to close out the show talking about some possible targets on the buyout market that the Blazers could be could be after. A lot of you have asked about buyout guys, about guys who might get bought out because it seems like the Blazers' easiest path to upgrade the roster is, is in that direction. So we'll talk about some potential targets, who I like, who could be available, etc. But look, let me take you inside the show a little bit. <laughs> let me bring you inside the podcast studio. Uh, Watching this Pelicans-Blazers game on Tuesday evening, I'm sitting on the couch, got my little notebook out, taking notes on the game, what I'm going to talk about. And through three and a half quarters, the Blazers looked terrible. Like, lose your job terrible. That's that. That's what the thought that was crossing my mind, was that this defense is not salvageable, that they're just they're just not a good basketball team right now, and, and they just can't stop anyone with any consistency. And all of the things that follow with that, what... Change in the coaching staff, uh, you know, dramatic personnel changes moving forward, um, just all, all, all of the negative things that come with just a team getting, getting just pumped. And it wasn't like they were just they were, they were losing. They were losing and just giving up easy stuff. And they would, the Pelicans got, were getting whatever they wanted. Some of it was shooting luck, like the Pelicans did shoot better than maybe, um, maybe they typically do. But, but. Everything was just easy for them. There was no resistance, and even if you give up, you know some some bad luck. If you if if the bad luck isn't generated off so look slightly harder defensive possessions, it just feels bad. And so that's what I was gonna do. I was gonna kill this team, right? I was gonna, I was ready. I was taking some notes. I was looking up defensive numbers. And then, forty-two minutes into the game, <laughs> and the Blazers down seventeen, things done changed. Thanks in large part to Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. Dude finished with 50 points on Tuesday night. Tying LeBron James for the most for 12 50-point games in his career. Anytime you're on a list with LeBron, probably is a good thing. Even if it's lost NBA Finals. But let's just go through the anatomy of a comeback. Dame had 50 points on, we'll call it 38 shooting possessions. 
13 of 20 from the floor, 6 of 13 from 3, 18 of 18 from the free throw line. I'm going to say a thing that, that you might get mad at me for, but he has not missed a free throw in the clutch all season. Top that up with 10 dimes and six boards. I actually didn't think Dane played that well in the first half. He had a bunch of points, but he just didn't, he just, I didn't just watching him. I was like, he just doesn't look good. He just doesn't, this this is not a good, not a good Dame game. Uh, I thought he had a really bad first quarter and then he had 13. It's like, okay, well, maybe he's playing pretty well and maybe I'm wrong. But here's, here's the anatomy of a comeback. Here's what, here's what magic really looks like. With five minutes and 56 seconds, Eric Bledsoe hit a short jumper. The Blazers were down 117-100. The game was over. Dame hits a three. A 27-foot pull-up. Then, Robert Covington hit a three. The ball kind of swung around and Covington double clutch. Hits a three. Okay, down 11. That's pretty interesting. New Orleans turnover. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. sticks his hand in the passing lanes. Plays a little defense. Dame gets a layup inside. Then, another turnover. Zion Williamson loses the ball in the post. Gary Trent Jr. drives and gets fouled. Blazers down seven. Okay, we got something cooking. Down seven with four minutes left. That happened fast. Wow. Like 10-0 run fast. Pelicans come down and Lonzo misses a three. And then... Uh, Dame Dame drives, kicks to Rodney Hood. Hood misses eight, just a wide open, wide open three in the corner, and it's like, eh, well, hey, hey, you know, they made their they made their push, but it's it's not meant to be. Except Dame grabs the offensive rebound and kicks out to Gary Trent Jr. Cash Blazers down four with three minutes and thirty seconds left. Pelicans take a timeout. Still, gonna need some help. Brandon Ingram misses a three. Blazers track down a, a long rebound and Blazers come the other way and Dame hits a spinning out of a double team three, one point game, 240 left. What the hell? They're really going to do it. Except Eric Bledsoe hits a three on the other end when the Blazers trap Brandon Ingram. More on that in a second. Four point game with, um, with 220 left. Blazers push the other way quickly and Carmelo Anthony hits a pull up three from the top of the key that was a no, 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 yes. Cash. And on the other end, Melo comes away with a huge block when Eric Bledsoe tries to drive down the right side of the lane. And so what do the Blazers do? They run the other way, and Damian Lewis says, okay, we're taking the lead right here. And he, the ugliest missed three of the night. Again, it's, it's, we're back on this, okay, well, hey, hey. It's not, a, not, it's not magic every time. Then after a Zion bucket on the other end where he just blew by. Just blew by Robert Covington. He's like, ah, man, he's good. Oh, well. Dame races the other way. Kind of gets gets across half court, sizes up the defense, sees sees that he's going to get Steven Adams in a pick and roll, gets into Steven Adams' body, layup and one. Back to a one-point game. But Zion scores on the other end. 40 seconds left. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, down three. And Dame, what's he do? He tries to go for the two-for-one and another bad miss. So now the Blazers need a little bit of magic. They try not to foul, but Dame commits a foul going for a steal. Now they have to foul. And and so that sends Brandon Ingram to the free-throw line. Chance to ice the game, pretty much. 
He misses them both. He misses them both. Should have gone to Carolina, Brandon. So the Blazers are going to have a chance. They need a three to tie, and the Pelicans know that, and the Pelicans take an intentional foul. Bledsoe fouls Dame with five, five seconds left. Dame hits them both. He hasn't missed any clutch free throws all year. He doesn't miss these. Pelicans take a timeout, advance the ball, got to get the ball in, make a couple free throws, make the Blazers make a three, play the foul game on their own end if they want, except they turn the ball over. Lonzo Ball fires a rocket to Nikhil Alexander-Walker and the ball bounces off his forearm and goes out of bounds and the Blazers get it back with 4.2 seconds left. Who do you think is getting the ball? Well, it's, you know, the letter O. You've probably heard of him. And he drives to his left, takes a pull up, and Eric Bledsoe smacks him on the wrist. Really no need to contest that hard, Eric. Dame hits both threes. Lonzo Ball launches an incredibly awesome full-court pass, and Zion Williamson almost scores a, a like a twisting maybe eight-footer with uh, as the clock was exp- as the clock was expiring, and it it's off the mark, and the Blazers steal a game. I don't usually do a granular recap, much less five five full minutes of play-by-play. I don't like to. Uh, I want to zoom out. But this was magic, and it was magic because the Blazers sucked in this game, and they had no chance. And then they made just a couple plays, a couple plays. A better contest on mid-range jump shots. Gary Trent Jr. getting his hand in the passing lane. Carmelo Anthony blocking a layup attempt. Uh, Robert Covington chasing down a long rebound and smacking it back in bounds so so uh, Dame could get in get into his, the flow of the offense without having to take the ball out of bounds or turning it back over to Zion, who was in pursuit. They also changed up their defense a little bit down the stretch. They started playing a matchup zone defense. Players played zone defense early in the game. They tried everything. Man-to-man wasn't working. Zone wasn't working. But the zone wasn't working because uh, Ennis Cantor and Nazir Little just weren't very good in the zone. you got to match up and know who you have, and neither of them have like that super super strong defensive IQ. Naz might get there. Cantor's not ever going to get there. Uh, and they just kept getting lost in the zone, and the, the Pelicans were just feasting, just getting whatever they wanted, either at the rim with Zion or after those breakdowns, kicking out for threes or skipping it over the zone for threes when guys would get confused. But the Blazers went back to that zone when they went small, closing the game with Dame, Gary Trent Jr., Rodney Hood, Robert Covington, and Carmelo Anthony. And that group, uh, a little more like-sized guys along with Dame, uh, played much better in the zone just in terms of like not getting totally lost. I don't think this was elite defense, but they didn't get totally lost in the zone. And Terry did another thing uh, where he decided that every time the Blazers ran a high pick and roll with Brandon Ingram, they were going to trap the ball. And that took the Pelicans out of rhythm. It didn't slow them down. Like the Pelicans just missed some shots they had made. Uh, and if I, I think if they'd been able to get Zion, a, you know, one more touch earlier in the early in the quarter, and and Ingram was awesome in this game offensively early, so he just he just was bad late. Uh, if, but the but the Blazers just that slight tweak of their defense allowed Dame to be to be the magic that he was in the final five minutes and 56 seconds in the final six minutes. Damian Lillard went four of six from the floor, two of four from three. Both his misses from three were terrible. But he made all of his other shots. He had 15 points, three boards, including a just a crucial offensive rebound kick out to Gary Trent. Scored 15 in the final six minutes and assisted the other one. He was responsible for, for 18 of their 25 points. Just, just absolutely massive. CJ McCollum uh, came in for the couple final possessions. Uh, I don't believe he touched the ball in those final possessions. This was about Dame, and this was about Dame doing it with the guys he's been doing it with recently. 
He was just spectacular. And this was a theft. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. The Blazers, this was not some sort of, this wasn't proof that the Blazers are good or proof of anything. In fact, I thought they looked so bad and I was ready to tell you all about it. But you can't, I, I, well, I want to remind you that they looked bad for those three and a half quarters. The final six minutes were just some real magic. And Dame is just such a joy. He's just such a joy. Uh, I, I, if, if you can't find joy in what he's doing this season, even if it doesn't feel sustainable, he keeps freaking doing it, y'all. Just... It is just a it is an absolute pleasure to to watch these games with some responsibility to talk about them afterwards. I feel honored to have that responsibility because we're we're just witnessing a guy on a level that I don't know that many other people have touched. Like sure the sort of like 50 and 10 is this beautiful round number, but the way he did it and the assuredness where he said I'm going to go win and even when he missed badly, he didn't it, it didn't get shaken. I'm still going to go win. Steps to the free throw line and he doesn't touch the rim on those. He's just Listen, it's this game was about to be not any fun and Damian Lowe delivered you just an absolute magical moment. He stole this one. He robbed the game no mask. So enjoy it. I mean, really, like really I I've, I've been saying this a bunch like hold tightly to your joy. It's going to be hard to beat this Pelican, for the Blazers to beat these Pelican teams, this Pelican team on Thursday. They play again. They play the same team they just stole a game from when the Pelicans were whooping their ass for three and a half quarters. I'm pretty sure the Pelicans are going to come whoop the Blazers' ass on Thursday. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that it's hard to win two in a row. Certainly hard to win two in a row when the, when the Pelicans absolutely choked a game away because they didn't have the best player on the court. Because their best players weren't as good as the Blazers' best player when it mattered. Because the difference in being one of the top 10 players in the league and one of the top 25 players in the league is maybe blowing an 18-point lead. It's not exactly that. It takes more than that. But you know what I'm saying. This was a special night on a night that was supposed to be, that looked like a trash fire night. So enjoy it if you can. If you're capable of doing that as a fan, I, I really encourage you to hold on to this joy because it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just It's just a ton of fun. All right, in the second segment, I want to talk about C.J. McCollum. He returned. We kind of saw how I think what the rotation is going to shake out for the foreseeable future. So let's talk about how C.J. looked in his return and what it means for the rest of the roster and the playing rotation moving forward. But before we do that, let's talk about Locker Room. Locker Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and free to use. You can talk to me other fans, athletes, insiders in real time when you use the app. And it's perfect for watch parties or if you want to debate the game, post-game breakdowns, or react to sort of breaking news. And you can also share your own experiences on the app. It's a great ways for place for fans to connect. You can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together, uh, react to the rumors, a trade deadline next week. Wonderful time to use to use the Locker Room app. And you can also join me in a conversation, have a chance to be featured on this very podcast, on Locked on Blazers podcast, because I'm going to be hosting rooms every week on the Locker Room app on Wednesdays, on Wednesday evening at around 6 p.m. I'm shooting for 6 p.m., maybe 6.15. This week it's going to be 6.15, but in the future 6 p.m., depending on my uh, daytime work schedule. But... We're going to go Wednesdays, 6.15 p.m. You can come through. If you download the app, you'll find me on there. You'll find the room. I'll tweet out the link to the room if, you're, if you follow me on Twitter. You can come there and talk with me live. 
and I'm going to record the shows. And so if they're, if they're a lot of fun and they're good and we want to, and I want to turn them into podcasts, I don't know if I'm going to turn everyone into podcasts, but some of them I'll turn into podcast segments and you, your voice will be featured right here in the, in this space. So all you need to do is download the locker room app. It's free on the iOS app store. That's Apple users only, uh, I'm sure they're working on it for Android, but right now it's just for iOS users. You can create a profile and join the uh, Blazer, the NBA group, excuse me, join the NBA group. And you can follow me at Mike G. Rich to be notified when my room goes live. We'll be going live, like I said, on Wednesday at 6.15 p.m. So come with your spiciest takes or your Damian Lillard appreciation. That's the locker room app. I hope to see, or I guess hear all of you there. This episode is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help you gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of the licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days the best part it's all done online blue chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and the strength for your prescription don't like swallowing pills no problem here because blue chew's tablets are chewable and they're made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to reform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, and all you do is pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free, and we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. So we talked Damian Lode, who gave six six minutes of absolute magic to bring the Blazers back. I mean, he was awesome in the rest of the game, right? He only had he had thirty five points in the other forty two minutes, but the the final six minutes was just an absolute tour de force. It wasn't what I expected this podcast to be about, though, y'all. I thought it was going to be about C.J. McCollum's return. I thought we were going to talk about how the Blazers were bad on defense, but C.J. McCollum returned, so there could be good days ahead. Don't worry about it, or worry about it, but there still could be good days ahead. But I still kind of think the Blazers, like, they are who they are. Their their statistical profile suggests that they're not a very good team, but their best player refuses to let them lose games that they should, which is a ton of fun. So, I'm not, you know, I think big picture, this is like a flawed group, but... In these, in these moments, I have trouble saying anything other than like what I feel, and I felt like that was a lot of fun. But I was prepared to talk about C.J. McCollum. So let's do that now. C.J. McCollum returned after eight weeks away. He missed two months, came back. Uh, he had... So I had said he'd be definitely be back on Thursday, and then he was back three games later. But I, I kind of think the timeline suggests that he might have been back Thursday. Uh, seems like he was away from the team to deal with. Uh, he was at a funeral when the, when they came back from, or had to attend a funeral when they came back from the All Star break, and then he had to go through COVID testing. And then when he got out on the court a couple times in Minneapolis, then he played. I feel like if I, I'm not saying I told you so, but it does make me feel better that I wasn't totally stupid reading the tea leaves. He got back out on the court tested his foot there was some the, you know videos of him working out pre-game and shooting threes and going playing you know going through contact with a couple of the Blazers assistants a couple of their video coordinators so 
once he got back, once he, once he went through that contact, he tested the foot. He said, I, you know, I feel pretty good. It's just like, it's how much load can it take? So the Blazers had a plan for his return. And that was to play him in seven minute, seven minute bursts, seven minute, like little segments. Uh, and that first seven minutes, he started the game. Blazers went with a, you know, their predictable starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Rocco, Derek Jones Jr. And Ennis Cantor and, uh, I mean, CJ looked fantastic <laughs> in his in his first stint. He, um, you know, his Blazers' first points of the game came when CJ got the ball out top, called for a screen from Ennis Cantor, beat Lonzo Ball off the dribble and drew a foul. Like just that ability to get downhill against a defense the Blazers desperately need, and it was nice to see CJ do that. Then he hit a three. Then he blocked a shot, and you're like, okay, he's back. I don't know if his other stints were that productive. Actually, I know that they weren't. I'm not confused about how it went down. Uh, He was, in those opening couple minutes, he looked really good. But I mean, like, some of that is just shooting luck. The shots went in. He made, uh, he finished 3 for 11 from the floor. He had 10 points. And this is really good. I love this. Uh, CJ McCollum finished minus eight in the game. They were outscored by eight points in, when he was on the court. But he was they were actually scored outscored by 18 points in the first 25 minutes that CJ was on the court. And then he came back in for the final minute of the game while the Blazers were like in scramble mode. And he was plus 10 because the Blazers went on an insane run. So like they kind of got killed during CJ's minutes. <laughs> but, but he finished, they finished only a minus eight because he was on the he was on the court for some magic there at the end of the game. A couple um a couple big Damian Lillard moments that's um truly special and kind of proof of how misleading plus minus is he just happened to be on the court when the uh when the game got decided he was benefit of a substitution late in the game but uh beyond just sort of CJ he looked rusty he looked like a guy who hadn't um who hadn't played basketball in two months I thought uh his jumper looked a little flat in the second half and uh defensively he just looked out of sorts like that's just and I think that's um, I think that's a conditioning thing. Like he just hasn't played basketball. And when you're, when your body is tired, your mind is tired. Um, I thought he, I thought he was really bad defensively in this game, uh, particularly in the zone. I thought he also had trouble just getting lost and not figuring out where to match up. And I think that's just time away from the game. Like he's, he's, um, CJ's problem is, is, is mostly physical on defense. Like he's, he's attentive and competitive. Um, he's just shorter. I don't think there's many more takeaways from like CJ's actual game than that. Like he, he's going to need time. And I assume that this sort of like seven minute stints where he can, he can get up to, you know, roughly 28 minutes a night, depending on where, where they use him. He wasn't going to play in the fourth quarter. Like he wasn't going to play. They were down by a bunch that he had played his normal shift in the third quarter. And then they just kind of brought him back at the end because it was like, Oh, well we do need, we do need a three and you're, you're definitely capable of doing that. Um, and I think that wasn't uh, a conditioning thing. I think it was just like, he hadn't been very effective. They were down by a bunch what just it's what coaches do let's just ride out the guys who are going to bring who are who are rolling in the comeback that group didn't happen to include cj mccollum also they were they cut a 17 point lead to seven in like 85 seconds so there wasn't a lot of time to decide who was going to be the crunch time group and then once that group had played well he was that terry was going to roll with that group but i think the bigger takeaway is the rotation stuff um I think this is what it's going to be like. I think we really did see what Terry's going to do. Like, I don't think this wasn't this wasn't matchup specific or him being tricky. This was, I think, this is what it's going to look like. First subs were Nazir Little and Carmelo Anthony. They've been the first subs for about ten games now. The, those two forwards come in. They take out uh, Derek Jones Jr. They take out Robert Covington. Uh, 
that kept CJ on the court a little bit longer, and then Gary Trent Jr. came for him. Traditionally, uh, that was where Rodney would come in, replacing Gary Trent Jr., but I mean, but GT is now in that role. He's the backup too. Um, he's coming in. Let's CJ go out at about the five-minute mark. Uh, I think typically when CJ's at, f- at full strength, it'll be at about the three-minute mark of the fourth quarter, but for now, four or five-minute mark, that's where CJ is going to go out. But then CJ comes back in to start the second quarter, and I think that's going to happen. And when, because he comes back in, that means Anthony Simons does not play. Just how it's going to shake out. Uh, Rodney Hood came back, came in for Nazir Little. I think that was, I'm not sure that that was part of the plan. Like maybe Terry was just going to go nine deep, but um, Naz, Naz, he had a couple highlight blocks, but I don't think he was, he wasn't, he just wasn't having a very sharp game. And Terry just really trusts Rodney for whatever, I mean, not for whatever reason. He's earned his trust and, and Terry is leaning into that or just, Terry still believes in that. Uh, and and Rodney wasn't bad this game. This wasn't a bad Rodney game by any means. Uh, but I think that's going to be, I think those are your, I think that's your group. Like, I I, I don't think Ant is going to play. Uh, he's, Terry just trusts, I mean, I think it's it's good to see Nas still in the rotation. Obviously, Carmelo and Gary Trent Jr. are still going to be in, in the rotation. It was just a question of beyond that, who were the choices? And it seems like it's not going to be Anthony Simons. Um, I don't think this is particularly surprising by any means. I think this is your nine-man group. Uh, I, I think the minutes distribution is pretty normal. Nazir Little played 18 minutes. Rodney played about 11 or 12. I think that's that's kind of what we can expect is that in that in that second unit, in that second group, um, Rodney's going to play alongside CJ and Gary Trent Jr. And it's... This is this is the lineup going forward. I think Ant maybe in some specific moments can play, but I think he's going to pick up a lot of DNPs. Um, you can't say that Anthony Simons hasn't had a bunch of chances. You might be able to argue that he's been playing better than Rodney Hood, but they're different players, and I think um, the size of Rodney Hood next to the other guys makes a little bit more sense. Uh, certainly, Anthony Simons is a much better shooter than Rodney Hood. It seems like he's probably a better um, a scorer. It's just like Rodney's ability to handle the ball and make some decisions there and his his relative size on defense. Terry Stotts had him guarding Brandon Ingram down the stretch. Makes that decision like that's the decision Terry's making is like he wants a dude who's six foot nine out there. If he's going to play um, CJ and Gary Trent next to each other, he doesn't want another guard. Uh I think I think Ant will get some get a chance again. I don't think he's buried forever, but I, I bet he's buried for a week or ten days. Like I bet that's I bet they're going to roll with this nine man group for ten days and kind of figure it out from there, assuming everyone's healthy. And uh, when Yusuf Nurkic gets back, assuming he gets back in the next he's two weeks reportedly, then you decide whether you want to go nine deep or ten deep with uh, with with Rodney Hood being sort of the odd man out or Nazir Little getting pinched a little bit, but I, I still think that Nazir Carmelo pairing is something Terry likes. And I think that's the big takeaway from CJ's night is not, not how he played. He looked like a dude who hadn't played basketball in two months, but how it fit the rest of the rotation. And I think we've seen it like, that's what it's going to look like. Um, at least for the next little bit, Terry kind of, Terry kind of gets into these rut like moves. He decides, I'm going to say rut, but it's not really a rut after one game. He gets into these modes. He says, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. And he sticks with it and kind of lets it run its course. Um, this was going to be a bad first, first sample of this game, but then, uh, they kind of rescued it. So I assume that they'll stick with it because, um, you know, results over process to some extent. I mean, Usually process over results, but I'm just, uh, 
if they'd lost this game, that's when you make tweaks. They didn't. They ended up not losing the game. So it looks like it looks like maybe you know you made some of the right decisions. All right, let's come back in the third segment and talk about how the Blazers can upgrade this roster. A lot of you have asked, and there's going to be some guys who are available potentially on the buyout market. So I want to talk about five or six names that are going to be available or potentially available and whether I think the Blazers should pursue them. But before we do that, let's talk about Bilt Bar. I've been telling you all about Bilt Bar for what seems like forever, but ain't nothing changed. It's still the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's still low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fi- high fiber, comes in 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. But now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. That's right, it's Built Bar Madness. We've got a matchup for you today because the good folks at Built Bar got a bracket. And today's matchup, peanut butter versus coconut puff. That's an easy one for me. I think peanut butter is one of the best Built Bar flavors. I'm a peanut butter chocolate guy. Uh, there are There's a handful of coconut-based flavors. Um... This isn't my, the coconut puff is not my favorite of them. Coconut puff's pretty good. It's got a little kind of puffy crispies in it there. But peanut butter for me, I'm smashing that like button. Uh, I'm, I'm advancing peanut butter into the enticing eight where it'll face mint brownie in a matchup next week. But if you want to vote in these polls or if you want to get your hands on some of these Bilt Bars, here's what you do. You go to BiltBar.com or you visit them on Twitter at bar underscore built, and you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And make sure you check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games every night. The NCAA tournament starts literally tomorrow with the first four games and then really kicks up for an extremely fun weekend of college basketball, maybe the most fun weekend of college basketball all year beginning Thursday and running through Sunday. It's a great time to get to an online sports book because at BetOnline, they got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They got you covered for news and scores, and it's the best ways to play, best way to place your bets online, plus it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is LOCKEDON, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. If you like this show probably want to hear more about the NBA and Wednesdays on Locked on NBA. It's small market meets big market with Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans and John Corrales of Locked on Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. So make sure you follow the Locked on NBA podcast wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked about Damian Lowe's magic. We talked about CJ's return and its impact on the Blazers rotation now I want to talk about bio guys. Uh, a lot of you have asked, have, have sent me, uh, you know, what about what about so and so? What about so and so? And I just want to let's just talk about the so and sos, right? Um, it seems like from all the things I've read on the Athletic and on uh, ESPN, 
most notably in the last couple of days, is that this could be a quieter trade deadline because um, there's just there's not a lot of sellers, and the sellers that are out there, like say the Orlando Magic, are at, want a big return for what for what they've got, or it maybe even like. Toronto and Kyle Lowry or Harrison Barnes in Sacramento like these the names that are out there and are known as sort of to be potentially available these are there's going to be big asking price and there might not be teams who have uh, the sort of ammo to do so. And regardless of the sort of the the action at the trade deadline, even if the Blazers, who are sort of typically active at the trade deadline, making small moves to kind of tweak the roster in pretty competent ways, it's the best thing Neil Shea probably does roster wise. they don't have a lot of ammo to go get this done. Like, I think they have some incentive to upgrade this roster, but I don't think they have a lot of avenues to to make a, a splash trade. Now, they could be they could be aggressive and surprising and trade Zach Collins or Anthony Simons or Gary Trent Jr. and kind of go for it, but they don't have a lot of first-round picks. I mean, they could trade a first-round pick, but it would have to be with a caveat that says, after we give away this pick in 2022, and we'll, we'll give it to you as soon as, as it's available based on these other pick protections from the Robert Covington trade. They only have a couple... Uh, handful like three i believe available second round picks they can trade 2022 and 2026 of their own so it's it's not easy right like they they don't have a lot of avenues so the most likely way that the blazers get better is by buyout guys and there's a couple names that are going to be on the buyout market that i just want to run through and tell you what i think about them I've kind of ranked them in order and sort of my preference for the Blazers signing them. And the first guy isn't even likely to be a buyout guy. It's George Hill, the, the veteran point guard who currently plays for the, or currently doesn't play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, he's, he's hasn't played since January 24th. He had a thumb surgery and he's likely to be out for another one or two weeks. But George Hill is the sort of kind of player I think the Blazers need. He can, he can handle the ball. He can he can sort of get his own offense, although at his at this stage, I don't know how he, how good he is at that. But he can get downhill. He can he can take Dame and CJ off the ball. He can um, he can at least dribble towards the rim with some purpose, and he can really shoot it. He shot forty six percent from three with the Bucks last year in in uh, nineteen twenty. So. Like he can he can really, really shoot it. The problem is that George Hill, who has been linked to being a buyout guy, probably isn't going to be bought out because he has money on the on next season's deal. His 21-22 season is partially guaranteed. So a buyout would include purchasing that money. Like you can't just um get rid of it altogether. So he's he's he you would have to you would have to buy out including that partial guarantee. So it's like, are the does OKC want to sort of eat all of that cash, or would they rather trade George Hill for like a Rodney Hood in a second round pick? Uh, it's it, it's hard to say necessarily. And or would George Hill, you know, would they want to do George Hill solid and and buy him out, and then would George Hill go somewhere else? I think that's the that's the problem with all these buyout guys is that the Blazers might not be the sexiest destination when you could go to a place like. Los Angeles and play for the Lakers. So George Hill's my number one of these sort of potential buyout guys, even though I don't know if he's going to get bought out. Number two, we've talked about him a bunch, LaMarcus Aldridge. If you haven't heard me talk about him, an episode I posted last week called, Is It Time to Bring LaMarcus Aldridge Home? is in your podcast feed. I did like 25 minutes on LaMarcus. Go listen to it. Uh, Reportedly from Sam Amick, of the athletic, the Spurs are telling rival GMs that they have received four offers, multiple offers, as many as four from other teams trying to trade for Lamarcus. So they feel like they won't have to buy him out. Blazers don't really have the salary to make it work in a trade. So if they get Lamarcus, it'll be by it'll be via the buyout markets. Uh, 
yeah, he, I mean, he would help. They they could use another big right now. Uh, you know, Yusuf Nurkic's return is up in the air. Rodney Hood, or excuse me, Harry Giles's um, return is a total huge question mark. And LaMarcus is way better than Harry Giles also. So uh, he would be my number two pick. Third would be P.J. Tucker. Here's the problem. P.J. Tucker's bad. Like, he's, I love P.J. Tucker. Let me tell y'all. Raleigh, North Carolina zone and low high school. Uh Dude loves pancakes and shoes. Like, I love him. I love the personality. I love his game. He's tough, built like a tank, shoots threes. Except I was watching a Rockets game probably 10 days ago before the All-Star break. And, and I, I, I said aloud, I don't know when the last time I've seen P.J. Tucker make a three. And I looked up his shooting percentages today in preparation for this, and he's shooting 31% from three, his, his lowest percentage basically in the last seven seasons. Uh, it's his lowest effective field goal percentage since he left the Suns and kind of got, he was good with the Suns, but he got really, like, really good as a specialist with the Houston Rockets. He hasn't shot this poorly in a while. And quite frankly, 31% seems high. And the sort of defensive intensity and the toughness and sort of just like being stronger than hell that made P.J. Tucker so special it just doesn't show up when you watch him. Like he just, he does, he looks like a guy who maybe needs a change of scenery or is 35, 36 years old. And it's just the game's caught up with him. Not everyone is LeBron James, but PJ Tucker still my third choice because I, I like him, man. He's, he's built up like 10 years of good of, um, you know, positive vibes with me. So I'm still a PJ Tucker guy. The fourth one is kind of a joke, but it's real is Trevor Ariza. Uh, the Blazers obviously had him last year and you cannot sign a guy. You cannot trade. Um, you cannot sign a guy off waivers if you traded him away, but Trevor Ariza has been traded since the Blazers traded him, which is the little um, loophole here. So the Blazers potentially could like legally could bring back Ariza. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but you know, a big wing who can play a little bit of defense and showed he could shoot and was like a competent basketball player, helped them be much, much better when he got there. Um, he's, he would be an intriguing option. F the fifth name on the, on my list is Andre Drummond. The Blazers don't really need like a offense only center. Um, they have that in NS Cantor and I kind of think Cantor is, is better than Drummond, uh, that's debatable. I mean, Drummond is one of those guys that his, his counting numbers are so impressive. And there's like, there's something to that production. Like there, it's like a certain level of, of like solidness just by like virtue of putting up that type, that type of production. But he's, I don't think he really helps a lot of teams win at a high level. And, um, he's, he's just wouldn't be my choice. He'd be fifth on the list. Certainly, um, you know, if you, if you wanted to come here, worth taking a look, but he's not certainly not a choice for me. The last guy in this list is kind of a sneaky buyout candidate. I'm not 100% sure he'll be bought out, but if he is, the Blazers should strongly consider him. It's J.J. Redick. He's, uh, Pelicans tried to trade Redick earlier this year. He's got a $13 million contract. He's an expiring deal. They could just buy him out, waive him, set him free if they wanted to, and it wouldn't cost him any future money. But... Uh, Redick is, you know, he was really struggling from three, but since he's been back since February, he looks like JJ Redick again, shooting north of um, forty percent from three. He would, he wouldn't. I don't know if he'd play every single night for the for the Blazers. Like I, I would want him to. I'd probably play him over Rodney Hood pretty quickly. But um, you know, that type of three point shooting and off ball movement and that type of sort of gravity running around on the court could help this team. Like he could help. Uh, Redick is his older, like he, I think he was a pretty underrated defender early in his career. He's like a really competent NBA, NBA defender for a long time. I don't think he's that anymore. 
but what he is is someone who can really, really shoot it, who's going to garner a lot of respect from the defense. Like he's going to, people are going to pay attention to him when he's when he's moving around on the court because he's a threat. And that could help. I mean, the, it's not going to fix the Blazers' defensive problems. I'm not sure there's a thing that does that. Certainly not one player. Um, so, you know, might as well go all in on what you can do. Plus, Neil Olshay has, um, or it's been reported that, that the Blazers are interested in um, a shooting wing certainly what J.J. Redick is. So uh, I think that's a one to consider. So those are my names. George Hill, LaMarcus Aldridge, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Reza, Andre Drummond, and J.J. Redick. Uh, not sure George Hill and J.J. Redick get bought out. Um, not sure that P.J. Tucker is good. Not sure Trevor Reza has any interest in coming here. I don't really like Andre Drummond as, a, as an option. So really this list is a bunch of dudes, and then the Blazers should bring LaMarcus home. A reminder, I'm going to be on the locker room app talking about the Blazers' return, talking about CJ coming back, what it means for the team, uh, talk about Dame Magic and his win over the Pelicans tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 6.15 rather, p.m. Pacific time. So uh, make sure you're following me on there. I'm at Mike G. Rich on the app. You'll be notified when I go live. I'll also send out a link on my Twitter feed. Love to have you join me. Uh, We'll be doing these each week, so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's a pretty... easy and intuitive uh, way to use the app. You can get involved if you want. You can just listen. It's basically just a live radio show. You, li- If you listen to my voice now, you're, you're already listening to an internet radio show. This is just a live version of it. So come join me on the Lock Room app. Also on uh, Thursday show, Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans is going to join the program. We're going to talk about the Blazers game Tuesday night against the Pelicans and their upcoming game on Thursday Jake's a great dude who's really smart on his on on the Pelicans and the league in general. Uh, so make sure you don't miss that one. That one will be in your feeds on Thursday morning. And then on Friday, we're going to have our, our special delivery mailbag episode. We've got a great week of podcasts ahead. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Tell them they can get wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.